this is Pastor Nate Ward with Open Door Church, and I wanted to take a moment to welcome you to our podcast. It's my personal prayer that you would be encouraged and encountered by the Holy Spirit and challenged by His Word. May the Lord bless you and stir faith as you listen to this week's message. Good morning, everybody. It might be a little loud. So my name is Joey. For those of you who don't know me, uh, that's who I am. And for those of you who do know me and do go to Deeper Project Tuesday nights at 6 p.m., I got you, Nate, right up there. Um, When I present chapters, I usually relate them to fellowship and loving your neighbor. One is a reminder of things that I've been through and triumph, and the other is something where God is like, yeah, you need to work on that, bud, a lot. Um, so it's definitely things that I need to hear from God every time I go through that chap- those chapters. Um, today, I'll be sharing a part of my testimony and uh, then speaking on fellowship. So... A little background. My dad, uh, he grew up Catholic, and uh, when he got a divorce and married my mom, his family didn't take it that well, and they ended up disowning him, and they wanted nothing to do with me or my sisters until I was about eight years old. Um, His mother was on her deathbed and they finally wanted to meet us. And uh, when she passed, uh, his family ended up disowning us again. So uh, it kind of made me realize growing up just how important family really is. And not just family, like blood family, but all your relationships, friends, and other close family members. Um, So on the other hand, though, My mom's side of the family, they were always there for us. Um, Everyone was close. I I was able to see my cousins a ton, and we met up twice a month on average. Um, To my uncles, I was Spud Man. I never really understood what that nickname meant, um, but it was a nickname they gave me. They were huge influences in my life. Uh, During Thanksgiving, my uncles, my stepbrother and I, we would play football. I put that in quotes because how well can a little six-year-old boy really play football with grown men? But they would go down every time I tried to tackle them. And, uh, you know, probably now I realize that it's all playing, but, you know, I thought I was doing really good. Um, My grandparents, they lived five minutes away from us. So we saw them almost every day. And it's just that huge discrepancy between the two sides of the family that really made me realize the type of family that I wanted to raise and be a part of my whole life. It just gave me that clarity of, even though there's this side of things, this is how it should be. So let's bring it even closer to home. My mom is a saint. I am a huge mama's boy. Uh, (laughs) 
I would watch the Hallmark Channel with my mom and sisters every Saturday. All those romance mo movies, all that stuff. That was me, me to the core. <laughs> um, my dad, um, I would grill with him, watch sports, we'd play catch, everything. Like he was, they, they both, my mom and my dad, they were both huge Christian influences in my life and I loved them so much. Um, whenever I have issues to this day, I can hear my dad's voice telling me, Remember to keep God in your heart for every trial, every major decision I have to make. I always hear that voice in my head from my dad. Uh, that's how ingrained it was into me. So that's, that's all the good stuff. Um, this is where things kind of take a turn in my past. Um, I grew up in a trailer park. Um, and I got caught up in a bad crowd. One of my early best friends, his name was Jared. Um, he was kind of the ringleader of our biker group. You know, just a bunch of kids that rode their bicycles all around the trailer park roads. Um, yeah, he was my best friend. At first, uh, things were great. Uh, our friendship was pretty normal. Uh, it wasn't until this other kid showed up named Steve, that things kind of really started taking a downfall. Um, I got replaced as the best friend. I grew up bullied, and uh, I always had low self-esteem. So I would do things, not always good things, in fact, never good things, uh, just so that they would hang out with me. A lot of it was self-deprecating, just for their entertainment, just so that I would still have a friend, um, just, just to hang out with them. They used and abused me and really made me do some really embarrassing things that that last song that we sang, that really resonated with me, especially that part where he was telling of the choices that we've made. This is the era of my life, and I'm not going to go into huge detail, um, but where you look back and you just shudder, just, I wish I didn't make these decisions. Um, but I started smoking and drinking with this group at the ripe old age of 13. Eighth grade, that's a little young to be doing all this stuff. And all of it was funded and encouraged by Steve's dad. So one day, uh, after hanging out with these guys for a while. Um, I was in, invited over to Steve's house. And when I rolled up on my bike, I uh, heard Jared, Steve, and his dad laugh and shut the bedroom window as I knocked on the door. Their bedroom window was like right next to the front door. So they had it open waiting for me to show up. Uh, Steve's sister answered the door and let me in. And I walked down the hall and as I got to the door, uh, the, his bedroom door, they laughed, and uh, they slammed the door right in my face. You know, I was dazed and confused and in a huge state of shock. I even knocked on the door, and they just laughed and uh, locked the door, and I tried the door handle a couple times, and so I ended up walking back to the living room and sat down, and uh, Steve's sister 
let me kind of process everything for about 10 minutes until she finally spoke to me. When are you finally going to get it? You know, I, she left and I sat there for another few minutes, just kind of dazed. And these were kids that I did whatever they wanted, whatever they wanted. And uh, that's when things started really getting dark for me. My self-esteem was naturally low, but here I found myself thinking that even guys like them would not accept me. Uh, there were days where I would think of everyone in my class and try to count on my fingers who would care if I was gone. And every time my brain would tell me no one. And uh, at my darkest moments, suicide was an ever-present danger. And right when it got to the break point, uh, I would hear a voice in my head that would ring in my head, your family would care. Your family would miss you if you were gone. And God right there used my family to save my life. Then literally right after that, within, within six months, I got myself a new best friend who kind of got me through the rest of the dark times. And he's actually sitting right there, Carl. Um, and he's the reason why I'm here in Pagosa from Wisconsin. Um, yeah, so looking back, like at that point in time, I was like, these kids, you know, I did everything for them. You know, how worthless am I if they won't accept me as their friend? Well, right now, looking back, it's kind of obvious that God had his hand in my life and cut out a lot of bad by severing all those ties. And right now, my family is a bunch of strong Christian friends and good influences in my life that I have people I can turn to if I'm struggling with sin or need encouragement. I have a wife, Jeanette, who loves God just as much as I do, and she's there whenever I need her. So just kind of that background is why fellowship is so important to me, the, all the good and the bad. So, well, first, let's define fellowship. So up there, uh, fellowship is a friendly association especially with people who share one's interests. It's a group of people meeting to pursue a shared interest or aim. So fellowship isn't just a Sunday at church, once a week kind of thing. Fellowship is the company you keep at all times. Um, you know, the times that my home family shared their love, the times that I was under the wrong influence, my family and friends now, that is all fellowship. You know, we got to make sure that it's a good one. So, uh, Elliot, if you could pop up Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 11. And it says, uh, Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. Now, you all might be thinking, what does that even have to do with fellowship? Let me, let me explain with an example, all right? Let's take a man struggling internally with some deep, dark, secret sin. He's too embarrassed to admit his sin, so it remains in darkness. And in the darkness, it is allowed to fester and grow because it's not being dealt with. Now, it might be that he thinks that, I need this right now. I'm going through some rough times. You know, I can, I can deal with it later. 
He might be just addicted and he can't stop. Now, someone that he trusts, now, how many of you have heard of accountability partners? You know, that's, that's fellowship right there. Um, if he had that person that he's able to call him out in love, and that's important, by doing it in love, a light can be shined upon the, shin, upon the sin, revealing it and making it so that it can be dealt with. You know, there's a lot of things that I was struggling with during that dark period in my life, and this is something that I needed then, and I'm really thankful that I have it right now. Um, we have uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, starting in verse 9. It says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone, when he falls and has not another to lift him up again. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. And I'm going to throw at you another one in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So here we see that by having someone we are able to rely on, if I were to fall, I know now that I have many people who would come to my aid in a heartbeat. No questions asked. I have people now who are able and more than willing to encourage me in my faith, and I would do the same for them. Talk about a gift from God. You know, it's something that I've come to really appreciate. You know, I've already did the alone thing where my brain would not drown out the noise. I already had the bad fellowship where the influence of my life was so bad that I was doing things that weren't so good. But now I get to enjoy the gift from God that is fellowship with fellow believers who I call my family. So I challenge all of you to look at your relationships and make sure that the fellowship that you keep is good. Because in my experience, the fellowship you keep can make or break you. Thank you for listening to this week's message. Our ministry is made possible entirely by the faithful generosity of people just like you. If you were blessed by this message and would like to partner with what the Lord is doing in Pagosa Springs, visit us online at www.opendoorpagosa.com. Here you can give, see our service times, and stay connected with Open Door Church. We hope to see you soon.